Our sermon this morning is based on the gospel lesson, which are recorded for us in the Gospel of St. John, reading from chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such great signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man, What have you to say? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. This is the word of our Lord. I'm sure you've seen on TV, heard in the news, perhaps also seen on Facebook and in different places that you are getting your news about people who are, are, are all out of sorts because they can't find toilet paper. Perhaps you've even seen pictures of empty shelves, people waiting in line of outside of stores, all in hopes of getting toilet paper. I did happen to, to find a website yesterday that if you have a certain number of rolls in your house, will tell you how long your toilet paper will last so that you know whether you've had, you have enough toilet paper for the, the potential of, of eight weeks of quarantine. My guess is it's not just toilet paper, though, uh, that is in short supply. People have been, been scrounging around and looking for hand sanitizer for two or three weeks now. It's not, I've seen in the news how hospitals are looking uh, and carefully rationing uh, the personal protective equipment that doctors and nurses wear, masks, face shields, gowns, gloves, because those too are in short supply. In fact, here in Alabama, uh, there are a number of doctors and nurses who are actually having drop-off sites that if you have those materials, you can drop them off so that hospital workers can use them. You look around the world right now, and especially in our own communities, 
And what do you see? A whole lot of needs. A whole lot of needs that, yeah, we aren't really greatly worried about, but you see people in need, and, and perhaps some are even wondering, okay, my rolls of toilet paper are getting in short supply. Where am I going to find my toilet paper? And then we hear in our gospel lesson a man who also had a need. A need that was a bit different, though, from the needs you and I might be experiencing right now. Because at some point, grocery stores are going to have hand sanitizer again. Target and Walmart are going to have aisles of toilet paper again. This man, though, was born blind. He had a need that was seemingly impossible to meet. Until one day he met Jesus. And as we see, reading through this account of Jesus and the interaction he had with this blind man, we see Jesus not only meeting his physical needs, but we see Jesus meeting his spiritual need. And he did it in the most amazing way possible, right? We, we hear Jesus meeting the man. He was born blind. And the disciples see that need that the man had. And they asked why. Now, in Jesus' day, uh, people had this idea that if a person had a physical deformity, if they were born blind or deaf or mute, uh, perhaps it was because either he or their family, their parents, someone in the family had sinned, and this was a way that that sin was being paid for and, and punished. And so they asked Jesus, well, who sinned? This man, his parents? Why is it that he was born blind? And Jesus answered in this way, he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I suppose you and I might ask the same question as we would see that need. Why? Why give someone who has a physical ailment or a physical disability that particular need that is going to make their life so much more challenging and difficult. Why, Lord? Jesus answered not only the disciples' question, but ours too, doesn't he? Those needs are an opportunity for God to display his work in the lives of, well, of this man and in our own lives. And he did it in the life of the man in the most amazing way possible, right? Jesus comes, he spits on the ground, he takes that mud that his saliva formed, and he, he puts it on the guy's eyes. I'm pretty sure that would not go over well with the CDC in today. today. There is no social distancing there. The man goes to the pool of Siloam, he, he washes off the mud off of his eyes, and just like that, he can see. You can imagine the excitement as that, that physical need that, that seemed to be so impossible to meet was suddenly met, right? As he looks up into the sky and, and for the first time ever sees a, a blue sky and birds flying through the air. For the first time in his life now, he's able to see the faces of his family, of his friends. He's able to see Jesus' smiling face. A, a miracle in which Jesus meets this man's needs in the most astounding way. But as you continue to read the account, you see that not everybody was all excited and, and happy that this had happened. The religious leaders, the Pharisees in, in Jesus' day, took very seriously God's commands 
um, and, and looked at the things that God had said in his word where he talked about the Sabbath day. Now the Sabbath day, the word Sabbath in the Hebrew language means rest uh, or to quit. And so on the Sabbath day, the, the Israelites were to quit all work. They were to rest. And that was their opportunity to rest and trust that God was going to take care of their physical needs and so they could rest in their God. It was an opportunity for them to, to hear God's word proclaimed and, the promise, and hear the promise of a Savior who was going to come and give them an eternal and spiritual rest. The religious leaders took that a bit too far and completely outruled any work. And so as they heard that Jesus had done this miracle on the Sabbath day, they figured Jesus had broken the Sabbath and therefore was a sinner. They asked the man about it. The man's response? He's a prophet. He must be from God because he put mud on my eyes, I washed my eyes, and now I see. An average Joe doesn't do those sorts of things. And as a result, the religious leaders kick him out of their church. Jesus goes and, and finds him and starts talking to him. Talking to him about the, the Son of Man. Talking to him about the promises God had made about a Savior who was going to come. Talking to him about a far greater need than the man had of even just physical sight. For the man didn't just have physical needs that needed to be met. The, the man was a, a sinner. He had spiritual needs that needed to be met. And so Jesus goes and talks to him about those bigger needs that he had. And he comes to see that Jesus is the Son of Man, the one whom God had promised to send. And he tells Jesus, I believe. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes into the man's heart. He, he creates a, a faith in that heart, a, a faith that enables the man to see Jesus for who he is, the fulfillment of all those promises God had given in the Old Testament. Here in front of him with those eyes that were, were now able to see, he sees his Savior. And Jesus takes him out of that spiritual darkness that he was in and brings him into this spiritual light in which he is able to see with his eyes of faith a Savior who came to forgive his sins, a Savior who came to, to give him eternal life. You know, as, as you and I experience all the ramifications and the challenges that, that a pandemic brings into life, self-quarantining, social distancing, using words, you know, that we probably have never used before or very little in our lives, we begin to see things a little bit differently. We begin to worry about things that perhaps we never had thought about before. What's easy to fill our hearts and our lives is anxiety. As we consider our own needs and the needs of those people around us. And it can be, e be easy to begin to doubt God's love. To ask those questions, why Lord? And, and maybe as we get further into this pandemic, it might be that people close to us get sick. They could even die. And we're led to ask the question, Lord, <clears throat> Lord why? How is this good? How can these challenges, why aren't you be good for us? Why aren't you meeting these needs that we have in our life? 
We can begin to doubt God's plan. We can begin to doubt God's love and his care for us. We might even get angry at God. Lord, why aren't you providing for me? Lord, I I don't have a job now. How am I supposed to take care of these needs? Lord, why aren't you doing this? It can even get to the point where we become almost like a rebellious child who stomps their feet and gets mad because we don't get what we think we want or what we think we need exactly when we want it. And even in those moments, our Savior comes to us and he reminds us how he provides for our needs. Right? That the very reason he came was because of sinners like you and me. He came in order to give, to address, and take care of our greatest need. Not to, whether or not we had toilet paper in our house, whether or not we were able to social distance or, or keep a particular disease or virus away from us. No, he, he came in order to take care of our guilt that we carry along with us every day of our life. He came to take care of that rebellious streak that each of us have. He came to take care of every last one of the sins that just saturates our life. And he did it by living in our place. He came and lived perfectly for us so that he could take every last one of our sins to the cross. He came and lived perfectly in our place so that he could give that perfection to you and to me. He came and he died and he rose again so that he could assure each one of us that our greatest spiritual need, that of of sin and an eternal separation from him, has been completely taken care of so that you and I are able to stand before God forgiven. So that you and I are able to stand before the Almighty God clothed in Christ's perfection, so that God looks at us and he doesn't see the stain of sin, he doesn't see the guilt, he doesn't see any of that. Instead, what he sees is a perfect child of God who's been washed in his Savior's blood and who stands before him forgiven and therefore worthy of eternal life. And if Jesus is able to take care of that need, a need that is impossible for you and I to meet, Think of how easy it is for Jesus to keep the promises he's made to us and provide for our earthly needs. Man, it gives you and I the opportunity to go back to God's word, to dig into those promises he's given to us. Promises where he tells us in times like this that he will never leave us or forsake us. He promises that in him we have a refuge. In him we find strength. He he promises to, to provide for our needs even when you and I look and wonder how it is possible for those needs to be met. It gives us the comfort and encouragement to be able to see that we have a Savior who meets our needs, our spiritual needs, by giving us forgiveness and eternal life through his life, death, and resurrection. A a Savior who is faithful to his promises in meeting our greatest need so that you and I can be confident as we patiently wait for our Savior to meet every physical need. And in times like this, that's what we need. A Savior who meets our need, our greatest spiritual needs, and a Savior who faithfully responds and keeps his promises when it comes to our physical needs. Amen.
Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.